Finally, we exist. This is the podcast that talks about men's and women's sports equally. We'll talk about the big games and we'll sprinkle in a little trash talk here and there. And we will confront the inequality of sport. We are produced by Homestand Sports. Check out homestandsports.com for more news and check out some of our podcasts and upcoming events like Hoop Talks, Puck Talks, and Pitch Talks. On this episode of Finally, I catch up with Alexis Brudnicki, baseball writer, stats team for the Toronto Blue Jays, and a recent graduate of the MLB Scout School. That makes Alexis part of a small group of women to have even been sponsored to take part in the Scout School. So I wanted to hear all about it. And here's our conversation. Alexis, thank you so much for joining the show, and I can't wait to hear all about your experience at Scout School. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wonderful. So let's get a little bit of background information before we get to the nitty gritty. Why are you such a big deal in baseball, and where do we find you uh, reporting the most? Um, I mean, I would I would question the premise, and I'm not <laughs> so sure that I'm a, a big deal in baseball, but uh, I've I've worked for the Toronto Blue Jays for the last seven seasons as a statistician on the game day production crew. Um, I, I've written for Baseball America, Prep Baseball Report, the Hardball Times, Canadian Baseball Network. Um, I've worked in the Australian Baseball League. I, I've done stuff on occasion for, for Sportsnet and CBC Sports.ca. Um, and uh, I mean, I've kind of been a little bit all over the place. I've done some different things in the Australian Baseball League, and even this year, I got to spend a day on the ground crew with the Toronto Blue Jays, which was pretty amazing. Uh, last year, I sang the anthem for them, and uh, and now I'm I'm trying to uh, continue moving on into something new. And I was lucky that the Blue Jays sent me to scout school because you have to be sponsored by an organization, and they thought that was. Uh, an option for me, which I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity. Hmm. And they sponsored you. So why do you think that they gave you that they saw that as an option for you? Um, we ha- I had a meeting with Mark Shapiro, the president of the Blue Jays, uh, who came obviously from the Indians last year. And we were introduced before he came uh, by a friend of mine, Matt Foreman, who works for the Indians and who I worked with at Baseball America. And uh, he gave me the opportunity just to sit down with him and ask him whatever questions I had, which can be quite a dangerous opportunity for anyone. That's a conversation for a different podcast. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I have a lot of questions. I'm a very, very curious person. And uh, Mark Shapiro, thankfully, was willing to give me a significant portion of his time and while we talked and discussed things that I was interested in and things I was wondering about, he suggested that the Blue Jays send me to scout school. And I immediately said, yes, you should. That would be a great <laughs> thing. Um, and I, yeah, I totally wanted to go. I tried to go last year because Major League, uh, Major League Baseball Scouting Bureau downsized last offseason. And I was afraid that last year would be the last opportunity to be a participant at scout school um fortunately for me they did continue it and have it this year it was a little bit different than it has been in previous years uh format wise 
I know that it was two weeks before we had uh, one week and it was really just kind of five days uh, with a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end. And previously they had a lot more instructors. I think they had 11 or 12 and this year we had four instructors. Uh, so the groups were a little bit bigger, the time, you know, a little bit smaller. And uh, it, but it was the best experience probably for me that I've ever had. Better than spending your birthday at World uh, Game Seven, or the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> yes, that was uh, that was another opportunity given to me by by Matt Foreman of the <laughs> Cleveland Indians. Uh, I kind of guilted him into it. I think being my my thirtieth birthday, uh, only the tenth game played in November ever. I feel like the fates were aligned for me. Um, and I got right on that train during the ALCS, knowing that if there was going to be a Game 7, it would either be in Toronto or Cleveland. And uh, <laughs> I successfully guilted him into helping me out. Hey, sometimes a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. It's Game 7. You got to... Yeah. Gotta, <laughs> you don't fool around with Game 7. But let's go back to the fact that Scout School has been downsizing. And I did read uh, about this time last year, they were saying that Scout School baby no more. Yeah, I was just going to say, and it still could be. Um, this this one might have been the last one as well. Um, the Bureau has gotten much smaller, and it's uh, it's a big, a big task, a big thing to do. And um, I don't know if they're sure if they'll have the resources for it. I know I asked, and they weren't sure one way or the other if, if it would continue. Yeah, it says that every team in baseball, they pay about $250,000 to the, to the scouting bureau. And so this writer here is saying that, well, instead of paying that amount of money to a bureau, you can actually pay scouts that work directly for you. So is that the main reason why it's downsizing? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I know that obviously things have changed in the scouting world. The bureau offers a lot of video on players and now any scout with a phone can take a video on his own um i know that there are a lot more clubs delving into international stuff and the like the bureau shut down um their well what they had going on in canada um walt burroughs was uh, for a long time the Canadian Bureau representative and he covered Canada for the Bureau and now fortunately he w- he works for the Minnesota Twins um, but that means the Bureau is pretty much completely out of Canada and I know that's been happening in some other places but some clubs are doing a better job of covering those areas on their own um, so I think it's a bit of a mix of uh, what clubs are getting out of it and what they want to do on their own and what they see as beneficial um, and what they just might be able to do. That's tough, though. It does sound like it brings an upside because you can go anywhere in the world and find baseball because it's grown so much in the past few decades, like almost in, in just about every continent, they're starting to play baseball, even in Africa. I know that um, even softball, they host world championships championships there quite often so wouldn't you need something like a bureau just to help organize all the footage that you can possibly get and information that you can possibly get that you know it's it's fair game to a certain extent until that player signs on the dotted line right 
There's a definite benefit to having the Bureau. Um, I mean, part of it might be just the level of competition, too. Maybe clubs want their own scouts out there to get their own information so they're not on a level playing field with the other teams. Um, if everybody's getting their information from the Bureau, it doesn't really give anyone a significant advantage. And some teams might take issue with that. Some might not. I know some of the guys from the Bureau were talking about doing more international stuff, so maybe getting away from some of the high school guys here because now there are so many showcases that mm-hmm. uh, everybody's kind of in the same place at the same time and everybody has their area scouts and their cross-checkers and their directors at these huge showcases. Um, so the Bureau maybe not necessarily adding as much in those areas as they did before. Um, but, I mean, there's definite advantages of, of using the Bureau, and I think there are some benefits uh, to maybe going out on for teams to go out on their own as well. Well, like Herm Edwards says, you play to win the game, and it's got to start from scouting too. So there's points on both sides. But let's go to actual scouting school. When did you do it, and what did you learn about baseball and scouting that you probably didn't know already? Uh, Scout school was a week at the end of October, and uh, it was actually during the World Series. Um, So we watched a few of those games together, and the uh, the Sponsored candidates from the Indians and Cubs were on rival sides, oh. obviously, of our, our table. But uh, And a couple of our guys got to go to the World Series uh, because they worked for, for those teams. So that was pretty amazing, too. Um, but I learned more than I ever imagined I possibly could learn in that span of time. Um, and I'm still learning from things I'm continually processing from that week, uh, just going over and over and over everything. I definitely got overwhelmed at first with all of the information that I was trying to process. And it was a very uh, emotional week for me because I right away felt like I did not belong there. I thought everyone else knew what they were doing and I wasn't understanding anything and I wasn't seeing what everyone else was seeing. And I just felt like I didn't belong and maybe the Blue Jays made a wrong choice, uh, which was pretty much my nightmare. So I, uh, I I did what I had to do to to try and catch up, and eventually the game slowed down a little bit for me again. Um, but right away, like we were learning everything. So the first day we came in and they started telling us things to look for in hitters. So we're watching their you know their stance. Is it closed? Is it open? Is it wide? Are they up? Are they down? Um, we looked at their approach, their stride, their swing. If they were balanced, we looked at their hands, if they had a bat wrap, if they had a flip, if they had a mechanical trigger at all that would change their timing. Um, That's a lot of little things to look at. That's crazy. Right. And this is just for them at the plate before they've even taken a swing. And then we're looking at the plane of the swing. We're looking at where they make contact with the ball, where it goes, if they're a pull hitter, if they hit straight away, if they can go oppo, um, and then at the same time, you're trying to see the pitcher and his stance, his stride, his feet. Um, if he's up, if he's online, what his arm's doing in the back, if he's extending out front, where a slot is. Uh, it was just, it was a lot of things at once. Um, that's just like a tiny portion of it. Um, and, and then, you know, after they told us all these things, the next day we went to a game and they were kind of just like, okay, look at everything. So, there's 
you know, over over 20 guys on each team, and you're trying to see a million new things in every single guy. And I was trying to take as many notes as I could, and I took a ton of notes, and they were all, like, super useless. Oh, boy. Um, I was not seeing the right things, and I wasn't – I was paying attention to – details that weren't as important as some other ones that I should have been watching for. Like what? Um, I mean, like, that stuff, if you're looking at all that stuff and you're not watching, like, what a pitcher is throwing and what his pitches are doing and what he has in his repertoire, you're kind of missing the point, which is what I was doing for sure. Um, I definitely was having trouble with pitch recognition because we weren't allowed to use, you know, velocities. They're not allowed, but we didn't have them. That's so difficult, I, though. You need the I, velocity to be able to judge a pitch. It it's it's part well, of judging it. Well, a lot of people judging don't. It. As you you might be surprised to learn. A lot of people do not actually need those things. Um, They're gifted. But I definitely learned what I've been using as crutches uh, in the past. I use a lot of background information. We weren't supposed to, you know, look up players. We weren't supposed to know anything about them. We were supposed to treat these players in the Arizona Fall League as if they were amateur players. Um, and we use their ages to set a barometer for, for where they would fit in. If we saw a 19-year-old in the Arizona Fall League, um, we had to pretend, you know, he might be a high school senior or junior college, and we treated them as such. Um, and it was, so it, was, it was quite difficult for me. And plus, everyone in the Arizona Fall League is actually very good <laughs> at baseball. You know, everybody has, everybody has bat speed. Everybody gets through the wall, uh, through the ball. Everybody has power. Everybody can, you know, run. Most of these guys have a quick first step. All the pitchers have, you know, a decent repertoire. Um, they have probably all of them three good pitches. Most of these guys are guys who we would have put in at least uh, a group one or a group two in terms of scouting, which is how we evaluated them in our reports, which means they would have been drafted in the first to sixth round, right. all of them. Um, so they were all very, very good players, which made it difficult as well. Of course, besides Tim Tebow, he was definitely the worst player you we saw. saw Tim but, Tebow. Uh, you saw Tim Tebow. Hold on a second. <laughs> How would you scout that was our, Tim our first, Tebow? Yeah, our first game. Um, I wouldn't scout Tim Tebow, actually, because he's not worth it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But he hit a home run in his first at-bat. <laughs> Yeah, I don't actually find as much meaning in that as most people do. But as many of the people that I went to school with know, um, I just was personally not invested in Tim Tebow the way that some people were. I didn't give him much of a chance. Um, and I wouldn't, especially in for all of the players that we were seeing, he was by far the worst. Um, so, you know, those are the guys... If you're trying not to look at a million things and a million different guys at once, those are the kind of guys you're crossing off Ooh. and so that you can make the most of your time, which is what I personally definitely needed to do mm-hmm. um, because I, I wasn't there for very long and I needed to take in as much as I possibly could um, despite getting overwhelmed at the beginning. But uh, I, I needed to use my time as best as I could. So what was so bad about Tebow that you wouldn't give him the time of day? Uh, I mean, his, uh, mechanically, he was bad. He didn't possess many tools. He's old. There's, <laughs> there's not a lot to like um, for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, even his athleticism didn't really, really show on a baseball field. Really? What position yeah. did he play? I can't remember off the top of my head. He was in left field when we saw him. 
you have to be able to run and have a decent arm in left field. Did he at least come close to those two requirements? No. Oh, no, I would gosh. say not. <laughs> and the Mets I know if anybody that I went, if anybody I went to field school with listens to this, I'm going to hear about it later. But uh, I was completely against, against Tim Tebow. Um, and maybe that started before we even saw him play, but it didn't get better from there. <laughs> oh, boy. He, he didn't even give him a chance. He saved a man's life, did and not. he didn't give him a chance. That's okay. I forget. I mean, if he, if he yeah, uh, we would have seen him in another game if he hadn't taken time off to do his SEC job. So maybe I would have had more sympathy if he was on the field um, with the rest of his team when he should have been. Right. That's a huge point. If you're going to go all out to try and join a Major League Baseball team, you may as well take time off from your real job. You could probably get back to it later if you're going to try and go for the dream. So. Let's just close the book on Tim Tebow for now <laughs> until we hear anything. If you I'm happy a, to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I agree with you on that one. It's a bit of a stretch. He's probably really good at beer league, but, but nothing to be scouted for. <laughs> Let's go back to scout school for you. And I'm just trying to think and put it into perspective. How many women scouts are there in the Major League Baseball, do you think? Uh, there's one. There's, there's one. Um, one full-time area scout she works for the mariners her name is amanda hopkins uh she helped me a lot before i went to scout school um gave me a lot of insight she went to scout school last year um with a a canadian scout who i know who works for the padres james parker so he introduced us and she was super super helpful to me but she is the only female full-time scout um in major league baseball and she was hired last year, and I believe she was the first uh, full-time female scout since 1960. Hmm. Funny, I didn't hear a lot of news about that. What was her background in baseball? Um, yes, she uh, before she got the job with the Mariners, she did intern in the Mariners front office um, during college, and she played softball at college, and um, she grew up a student of the game. Uh, her dad is involved in the game as well and she always wanted to be a scout and they gave her the opportunity and she is definitely loving the job it's a, it's a year in and i think she's still making a lot of adjustments but as far as i know she loves everything which definitely um was motivating for me and uh she was super helpful she answered all my questions which again i have no shortage of um and she's She's been great, and she's uh, she's working the four corners for the Mariners and doing a great what job. What is the life of a scout like? What do you what do you think you're going to get yourself into? Um, well, I, I do have to note that I have not been hired as a scout. I was sent to scout school. I was sponsored by the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm not a scout. I wasn't hired, uh, at least not yet. The hope is that I will be, maybe someday. Um, yeah. So the and and a lot of uh, my classmates um, were hired before they went. And in different jobs, we had a lot of people who worked in analytics um, who came to supplement their knowledge. Uh, my roommate the, at scout school, the only other female of our 45 student class, Emily Fragapani, works for the Dodgers in analytics. Uh, she's the director of baseball operations. And, um, I mean, so for her, it was kind of supplementing the knowledge. And for, for, all, for a lot of people, they already had jobs within organizations. 
and some were offered positions before, some will be offered positions afterward. Um, I think MLB Scout School has a 75% uh, rate of hiring after, and um, for me, it hasn't happened yet. So I, I don't have a job. I am trying to get one, but so I just want to say that. But the life of a scout, um, so there's different areas of scouting. Um, professional scouts watch professional players. They uh, go around and see professional teams at the major league level, the minor league level, um, and they're usually they're not. It's not as interactive, I would say, with the actual um, you know players and families and and as much as the amateur scouting side would be, which is something that I am more interested in. I really enjoy the amateur side of the game, so I'm interested more in. Uh, players who are in high school, college, who, you know, haven't yet gotten to that level, who would be facing professional baseball for the first time. Um, I like seeing that level of play, and I've seen a lot of it with the Canadian Junior National Team and local teams in the Canadian Premier Baseball League um, around the area here. Um, So I have kind of more of a vested interest in that, and area scouts, generally have uh, an area, as kind of. the name would imply, and um, it's broken up. So, like, Amanda has the four corners. So that's – I'm going to mess this up. Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and another state that definitely borders those states. That's a lot of airlines. Um, so that would, be, that would be her area. Um, and then, you know, like Florida would be an area on its own because it has so many young, talented players. Texas would probably even be broken up because it's so large. Um, California would be an area on its own. Canada is usually not an area on its own. It's tied in with uh, New York or some teams split uh, eastern Canada with like the northeast and then western Canada with northwest states and do it that way. Um, and it's not an easy life. There's a lot of travel, a lot of nights spent in hotels. Um, some guys that I know, you know, spent over 250 nights in hotels last year. Um, they get a lot of Marriott points, which is nice if they ever, yeah, if they ever get any time to use them. Um, but it's a lot of, you know, watching games and then talking to people, a lot of, kind of administrative stuff, writing your reports, communicating with people, trying to figure out schedules for, especially in in places like the Northeast, it's, you know, you get a lot of rain outs, you get a lot of weather problems. So you need to keep in in touch with the college coaches, the high school coaches, the players to know when they're pitching, what they're doing, who you're going to see, when you're going to see them, how many times you're going to see them. Um, There's a lot of administration, communication, and organization involved. And um, definitely a lot of travel, a lot of alone time, a lot of hotel time, a lot of dining out time. Um, and, and then even in the winter and the downtime, they're visiting homes to, to get to know players, their families, try and get insight to know, you know, if, if they want to go to college, if they, if they want to sign, how much they might sign for, and then getting that information back to your club before draft time. Sounds like uh, a crazy lifestyle that you're about to embark on. 
but it sounds like a lot of fun. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully I've got my, I've got my fingers crossed for you. And I'm just thinking, Thanks. if you have the s- statistical background, you have the written background, and it sounds like you're also a student of the game, and you've seen it from both sides of the border and even in totally different continents like Australia. How do you hope to change the game as a scout with the background information and experience that you have? I, I don't think I want to change the game. I, I love the game. Personally, I would just I would like to make uh, an impact. I want to be an asset to a team. I want to do the, the best job I can to help an organization get better, and I want to come in and be able to make an impact right away. Um, I think that my skill set hopefully will help me. I've, I've spent a lot of time you know, trying to learn every different thing that I can about baseball and and trying to utilize everything that I've learned to to my advantage and to the advantage of somebody who hopefully will hire me full-time one day. And um, statistically, like, I don't have an analytic background, but I work in statistics for, for the Blue Jays for production, which is a little bit different, but I have a vested interest in statistics. I, I really enjoy them. I want to learn more. I definitely need to learn more about analytics. Uh, when I got back after especially talking to my roommate who works in analytics a lot, uh, I ordered a few books on baseball analytics and I'm about to, to read those and get a little more insight into that. Um, the writing side definitely helps me with communication skills, organization skills. Um, I, I hope to be able to, to utilize those as well. Um, traveling to different areas. Uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to see baseball on four different continents. I went to Europe this year. I got to go to Japan with Baseball Canada's women's national team for the World Cup in 2014. Oh, my uh, gosh. We're going to have Australia. to talk about that. Yeah, We're going to have to talk about that. Um, four different times. So, if anything, it's just given me a, another new look at baseball, new insight, um, never stop learning. I never want to stop learning. Uh, and I just think that everything I've learned and everyone I've met has something to offer uh, to me and not only to me, but to whomever uh, I can hopefully work for soon. But uh, yeah, I think that I just, it's a constant, constant learning process. And Lucky for me, I have a never-ending stream of questions to ask, and I'm a very curious person, so I I like to make the most of my learning opportunities, and I think that I've been able to do that so far. Well, you and I already have something in common. We're both very curious people, and I have a lot of questions for you, and I would love to talk to you again, even about baseball around the world. I'm sure you've got a ton of stories, but thank you so much for joining finally, and now we get to see what the other side of baseball is like, the side that we don't get to see very often, and wishing you all the best in your potential career as a scout. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Thank you for listening to Finally. Don't forget to check us out at homestandsports.com. And you can find me on social media at nat underscore Stoberman. And I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts on today's show. So please give us a rating and hopefully we can work that into our next show. See you next time.